0: And Entertainment, the podcast dedicated to public domain and abandoned media. I'm your host, Christopher. Joining me is the person who traded the burlesque stage for the podcast microphone, Lydia.
1: I miss the costumes. (laughs) Oh, my. No
0: no one said you couldn't wear a feather boa while you're recording. No one
1: said I'm not.
0: Oh, uh, welcome back. Awesome to speak with you again. <laughs> and you as well. <laughs> Before we get started, I want to first thank everyone for tuning in. And for anyone who hasn't already, make sure that you know that you can listen and subscribe to this show by visiting Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and Spotify. And I encourage you to please rate and review us at any of those outlets. And you can also just search for us in any podcast app of your choice, and we'll be there for you. You can join our Facebook group, search for Orphaned Entertainment. And if you'd like to email us with any comments, suggestions, or feedback on this or any episode, please type or record a message and send it to OrphanedEntertainment at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel you can subscribe to. Just go to YouTube and again, search for Orphaned Entertainment. And there you can watch many of the films we have covered here on the podcast, as well as get an idea of what we're going to be covering next. All these links are on our webpage over at orphanedentertainment.com. And Lydia, speaking of email, we actually got one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Is it a
0: script? No, it's not a script. Oh,
1: I was I was wondering and really hoping we'd get
0: one. And I really should uh remind everyone that we are looking for people someone to write us a 5-minute mystery for Lydia and I to perform and foley. Please, you know, come on. There's got to be some creative minds out there.
1: <laughs>
0: you can do this. We want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> No, we got a letter from Andy Ackright. He says, Hello, I just finished listening to your episode on Santa Fe Trail, and I loved it. I came across your podcast while doing research for a presentation on the Santa Fe Trail's importance to my city, Missouri, Kansas. I love the local history of the Santa Fe Trail and the Civil War, and have been down to also Oof, should have looked up how to pronounce this city... Asawatomi? I think I had trouble with that during the recording, too. (laughs) Asawatomi, to visit the John Brown cabin. The film's use of of history and historical characters isn't too terribly bad, actually. Another plus was Ronald Reagan, who I love in Bedtime for Bonzo. Where else can you see a future president trying to get a monkey to go to sleep? (laughs) (laughs) She says, The film that I would like to suggest is one of my all-time favorites, The 5,000 Fingers of Dr. T from 1953. This script, written by Dr. Seuss, brings the world of Dr. Seuss to the screen in a way that only animation can today. You owe it to yourselves to see this film. Thank you, Andy Ackwright. Well, thank you very much, Andy, for sending that letter in. I did look into The 5,000 Fingers. I have heard of that film but unfortunately, I do not believe it is in public domain.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, not really a, anything we can cover here on the podcast without making a, a huge exception. We've, we've done pretty good for these last seven years. So,
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be a huge one. Yeah. But um, hey, go Kansas City. I'm there too. So that's fabulous to hear from you from there. Oh, ex- from here. yeah,
0: Excellent. <laughs> I I love the fact that he stumbled on our podcast while doing research, and we and we came up on a search result. That's pretty cool. I'm
1: thrilled. (laughs) That's fabulous.
0: Well, with that, let's go ahead and listen to a five minute mystery that was written quite a long time ago, and a promo for another podcast. And when we return, we're going to take a look at 1934's Flirtation.
2: Another five minute mystery. Shepherd's Hotel in Cairo. A smooth-skinned, fair-faced Englishman is speaking on the phone. Detective Lindsay, this is James Middleton, room five seventeen, Shepherd's Hotel. Can you come over right away? There's been a murder. Detective Lindsay, a murder. Please hurry.
3: James Middleton.
2: Yes, come in, Detective Lindsay.
3: Glad you're here. An Arab, deader than a mackerel too. Looks like he's been dead for several hours.
2: Where's the corpse? Benny Sauter, jewel merchant from Mecca.
3: Mecca, eh? When did you discover the body?
2: I was right here at the time of the murder.
3: Fine, an eyewitness right on the spot. Can you identify the murderer, Middleton?
2: I'm afraid this eyewitness isn't going to be much help. Unfortunately, I had my eyes closed. You what? I was out cold, unconscious for about three hours and a half. That's tough, all right. Maybe you're lucky to be alive. You're right, Inspector.
3: What brings you to Cairo, my friend, in the hottest season of the year? I'm an engineer for the British. And did you arrive in Cairo? Yesterday. I registered yesterday morning. I see. And you had arranged to meet Sauder here.
2: Yes. I wanted to buy some jewels while I was here. Rubies and diamonds to be set in a ring for my wife. I see. As we were looking at the jewels, someone knocked on the door. I opened it. There stood another Aaron. He started toward the center of the room, then turned on me and struck a lightning blow. I went out like a light. Hmm. You have got a nasty bump, all right. Sorda got what he deserved, that dirty double-crossing rat. Insisted on cash and plenty of it. How much did you have? The equivalent of 10,000 pounds in Arabian banknotes. Quite a lot of money for you to be carrying around. Yes, but I plan to spend it right away. Funny, isn't it, how naive we can be? How do you mean? It's obvious enough. Sorda needed an accomplice to rob me. But he didn't figure out that his greedy, cutthroat friend would turn the tables on him, murder him, and make away with the jewels and money, too.
3: Middleton, you've suffered a great financial loss. But don't let it worry you. You can postpone that trip to the Suez indefinitely. Sorry to spoil your plans, but you're under arrest for the murder of Benny Souda.
2: How did Detective Lindsay know that Middleton was the murderer? Do you know? In a moment, Detective Lindsay will tell you himself. But first
0: are you looking for some great indie podcasts to listen to check out the pod nation list on podchaser.com where you can find a list of great indie podcasts get links to their official websites and even listen to some of their episodes without needing to create an account or log in so once again for some great indie podcasts check out the pod nation list on podchaser.com vampires Werewolves. Zombies.
1: Yes, these things are real, but fortunately for those of us who can afford
0: him, so is Mark Temple. And he's good. Real good. He's a former FBI agent turned freelancer with the knowledge and skills to eliminate your monster problems. And his rates are negotiable.
3: Monster Hunter for Hire, the first volume
1: of the Supernatural Solutions, the Mark Temple case files, is now available in both ebook and paperback. Go to tinyurl.com slash temple to buy your copy of Derek M. Cook's latest book.
0: Read about Mark Temple, the experienced professional now available to rid you of your supernatural, ghoulish, and monstrous pests. That's tinyurl.com slash temple. And don't worry, Mark Temple is discreet.
2: And now, back to our mystery.
3: Middleton, your alibi has beautiful logic up to a certain point. Like all criminals, in order to clear yourself, you go one step too far. soda was innocent. Your imaginary murderer was quite credible. But you didn't dare to stop there. The Arabs are a strange people. It may interest you to know about one of their strange customs. In the interior, people resort to barter. In the cities, British pounds, Turkish pounds, and Indian rupees are used. But since the time of the great Mohammed... The religious laws of the Mohammedans have prohibited the use of (laughs) banknotes.
0: Flirtation from 1934, not to be confused with 1934's The Great Flirtation or 1934's Flirtation Walk. Uh, This was produced by Salient Pictures and directed by Leo Berinsky and co-written by Berinsky and Wells Root. The film stars Jeanette Loff, Ben Alexander, and Corky the Dog. Jeanette Loff was an actress, musician, and singer who appeared in several... Pathé Exchange and Universal Pictures films in the 1920s. Born in Idaho, Loft was raised with her family moving throughout the Pacific Northwest. She began singing as a soprano and performing as an organist while a teenager in Portland, Oregon. In 1924, she married Harry Roseboom, a 31-year-old jewelry salesman. And here the history is a little muddy, but either after moving or during a vacation in Los Angeles... Jeanette did a screen test and landed a bit part in a short film called "Young April." This led to a couple of other small roles, uh, small uncredited roles in 1926 and 27. So I'm assuming she and her husband did indeed move to LA at some point. <laughs> she didn't keep uh, <laughs> move coming down from uh, Portland, I'm guessing to do these. The producer of that first film, Cecil B. DeMille, offered her a contract with Pathé in 1927. She had featured roles in at least 12 films with Pathé until 1930, when they decided to not renew her contract. This may be in part uh, due to her having taken a short break from acting on screen, due to her being dismayed at the type of roles she was getting. She was always the wide-eyed, innocent girl who who has to be saved or rescued. Around this time, she also divorced her husband, on account that he was becoming increasingly jealous of her success. She began work with Universal Pictures, but that only lasted until 1930, when again she decided to briefly retire from acting to perform on stage, and that actually led her to meetings and touring with Buddy Rogers and his newly created orchestra. She would return to acting in 1934 and get remarried in 1936. In 1942, she ingested a bottle of ammonia, which caused severe burns on her throat and mouth. She would unfortunately die three days later from ammonia poisoning. The authorities could not definitively say whether she purposely drank the chemical or if she might have mistaken it for some medication she was taking for a stomach ailment. Her family insists that she was instead murdered. So, yeah, a little... uh, A mystery surrounding Miss Jeanette Loft there. Wow. Ben Alexander was a child actor, making his debut at the age of five in 1916's Every Pearl a Tear. He would appear in several silent films, but he would also briefly retire from acting. He returned in 1930 for All Quiet on the Western Front, where he would garner great reviews for his portrayal of an amputation victim. He'd continue to work throughout the 30s in a variety of starring and supporting roles and find new success as a radio announcer in the 1940s. It is there that brought him to what may be his most well-known acting role. In 1952, he met Jack Webb, who was looking for a replacement for his partner in the long-running radio, film, and television series Dragnet. He'd take the part of Officer Frank Smith, first on radio and eventually on film as well. And that series would run until 1959. Webb revived the show in 1966 and wanted Alexander to join him. But Alexander had just signed on to play the role of Desk Sergeant Dan Briggs on the weekly ABC series called Felony Squad. And that series would also run for several years. Alexander passed away of a heart attack in 1969. So that's all the information I have there. I did find a little bit of information about the director, uh, Barinsky. He was kind of interesting because a lot of his history is a lot of, well, this may be true. <laughs> this may not be true. Uh, apparently, like, even his, his date of birth and everything is kind of like, well, it was either this date or this date. He, even he wouldn't, like, when rumors would start to swirl, he'd kind of, like, let them swirl and even kind of propagate him himself. So it's like he really didn't want anyone to really know anything about him. I thought that was interesting. There was even a rumor that he had uh passed away, maybe committed suicide because someone with a similar name was in the was in the news and he didn't really deny it. He didn't, like, do a big, I'll, I'll go out and let people know I'm alive or anything. <laughs> yeah. He was a real wow. interesting character. Someone that, you know, if you're at all interested, maybe uh, give him a quick Google.
1: One of the people that really caught my eye, and it was strictly because I recognized his face, is he's just got a bit part. He's the veterinarian. And the actor's name is Franklin Pangborn. Okay. Pangborn, pongborn, Pangborn, think
0: Pangborn. Big
1: <laughs> Pangborn. And... He did just bit parts. He's got uh, almost 250 credits on IMDb. But he was in, um, he just did little bit parts through so many movies I've seen. Uh, Rebecca of Sunnybrook Farm with Shirley Temple. Uh, He was uh, like the landlord in Vivacious Lady with Ginger Rogers and Jimmy Stewart. Fantastic movie. If you haven't seen it, see it. He was in Stage Door. And the list just obviously goes on and on. But it was funny because, you know, he's, again, one of those faces where you see him and you're like, why do I recognize him? <laughs> and you look it up and you're like, oh, he's, you know, he's got been a one-minute everything part in every yeah. movie ever. Exactly. I was surprised he hadn't been in, the, you know, The Thin Man or Shall We Dance, something like that. Um, but the other thing that I found interesting was Quirky the Dog, yeah. who has 28 credits
0: on IMDb. I questioned and- some of those credits because I was looking because... If you go by those credits, that would make him 20 years old in his last film.
1: I, I, I'm, I'm not, I can't confirm or deny that they're all accurate, but I found it very interesting that he was reportedly in My Favorite Wife with, uh, with, uh, totally just blanked on his name. Oh my gosh, you're all yelling at me. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> with Cary Grant. Oh my goodness. I can't believe that. It was so painful. Uh, And Irene Dunn, but another fantastic movie, if you haven't seen it, see it, it's hilarious. Uh, But I just I just cracked me up that that they had this dog listed on all of these movies, it never would have occurred to me to look for credits. I mean, for I was, a canine act?
0: I was a little surprised, too, when I was looking through the IMDB and I realized that there there's a hyperlink on his name. I'm like, really? Isn't
1: that funny? <laughs> Yeah. And so, of course, I had to click. I so, was like, all same right. Same here. You
2: know.
1: <laughs> so those are just a couple of interesting little tidbits that, that I found, you know, just captivating, or I should say diverting. From.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so diverting.
0: Well, it's going to be interesting if I watch any you all know, Pick, watch an old film and go hmm, that dog looks familiar
1: <laughs> it's just like that dog in that other movie holy
0: crap it's Corky
1: <laughs> oh my gosh Corky. <laughs> I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a poster I'm gonna have Corky up in my bedroom
0: now yeah get a get a, a framed with a little paw print you know <laughs>
1: yes oh my well you know Ast is the only other dog I can think of that I would absolutely hands down pay for a signed copy of a portrait of right so <laughs>
0: Well, should we get into this film? (laughs) Let's do. All right. Well, the film begins on an idyllic farm where we see Dudley and his dog, Corky, going about their chores. And in Corky's case, getting into mischief, chasing cats, running off a couple kids so he can steal their lunch, etc. (laughs) Uh, We actually starts out helping Dudley with his chore by holding the cow's tail (laughs) so Dudley can milk it without getting (laughs) swatted. (laughs) After about five minutes of all this uh, meandering around the farm, Dudley hears a train whistle. He gets himself cleaned up and tells his maid, who is Hattie McDaniel, by the way. Uh, that.
1: Oh, it is, isn't yes, it? Yes, it
0: was. Yeah, she's, oh. uh, I think, pretty much uncredited in this film. But yeah, this is Hattie McDaniel, who would go on to win an Oscar, be the first African-American woman to win an Oscar. Yeah, and she shows up in this film, of all films. And he lets her know that he is going into town for the weekend. Corky leaves his little fawn friend and uh, chases after Dudley. Dudley tries to get him to stay, but Corky lays it on thick, and Dudley decides to take him along. (laughs) We cut to bustling New York. And uh, going across the street, you know, uh, we see uh, Dudley leaving the, the train station, Corky in tow. Of course, calling him across the street, making sure he keeps up and tells him he has to watch out. He's in the big city now. (laughs) Well, while he's walking, Dudley spots an attractive woman looking in a shop window. Corky, not wanting to be a third wheel, (laughs) runs off and finds his own action. (laughs) A furry poodle in a limousine.
1: That's maybe one of the ugliest poodles I've ever seen. Oh, it is. It's not the haircut, it's the face.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I've never seen a poodle with that. I don't. I, snaggle tooth.
1: It's like kind of a snaggle tooth.
0: <laughs> she had a little bit of a snaggle tooth. And even her fur. I'm so used to seeing poodles with like the curlier fur, and hers was just straight and poofed out.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it was the 30s. Styles were
0: different. Oh, then. good point. Yeah. Back on the street, uh, the woman, Nancy, notices Dudley watching her in a shop window display mirror. She seems flattered until she turns around and sees Dudley in his off the rack suit. She turns to leave, but Dudley quickly stops her. Can
2: hey, you tell me how to get the Brooklyn Bridge? What? You thinking of buying it? Oh no. What well, it's been sold, hasn't it? I guess so. Now if you don't mind, I'll be going. Oh I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I've been too fresh. Well, I wouldn't call it fresh exactly. It's not good enough to be fresh. Well, it's just that I don't know my way around. You see, I just came in from the mountain. Don't tell me you came from
0: the country. <laughs> uh, yeah, she says that like the like being from the country is dirty. And I guess maybe just, she's kind of thinking that he's just, you know, some poor slob from a farm maybe.
1: <laughs> Why would she think that? Had, That's just crazy. Yeah, I know, so, so
0: weird. <laughs> a woman selling flowers interrupts. Dudley tries to buy some for Nancy, but the smallest Billy has is a twenty. <laughs> Nancy suddenly seems much more interested in this country boy. And in fact she gets quite flirtatious, if you <laughs> <laughs> Which is about the only reason I think that I can figure out why this film is called Flirtation. <laughs> <sighs> We'll get there, I guess.
1: <laughs> well, so that I—I mean, she's very sly about it. She says, "Do you want to smell the flower? It smells really good." And when he, he's smelling it, she pulls it close and smells it too. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then I—I I don't know if yours had this issue too, but there was like a cut, and I wish I watched two different versions in each of them. We map. will actually—it—it—it
0: like the, 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 gets really obvious later on in a scene coming up, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, we will talk about that. Dudley asks if she knows of any boarding houses. She half-jokingly suggests the Ritz Hotel. And then she does remember that her landlady might have a vacancy and suggests he come along and try there. They hail a cab and take off. Now, uh, yeah, here's where the first cut, our first obvious missing scene is that apparently Corky's date is interrupted. And or at least that's what I'm assuming, since uh, we it it just looks like it's suddenly a woman comes out of a shop and then um, she's cuddling the dog and they're driving away.
1: Okay, so I and I think I I have the whole patched up for you. The she comes out of the shop and well, no, it, because then it gets really confusing. They get in a cab mm-hmm. and uh, the the. Nancy, if we've just said what her name is yet, says, you know, take us to this address and go slow over the bumps. But then just suddenly the wealthy, presumably lady, is getting into her car and driving away, too. Exactly. <sighs> I <miss it>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Now, according to IMDb, there's a running time of like 58 or 59 minutes.
1: So we are missing five minutes.
0: It, now, yeah, as, as far as, as I seen. can tell, every version that I can find... Only runs about 54 minutes.
1: Yes, me as well. Yeah,
0: okay. We see the woman. She's got the poodle. She seems a little bit upset. She's holding the poodle. Like, she's comforting it. And the car drives off. And Corky takes off giving chase. At Nancy's apartment, she and Dudley chat. And we find out that Nancy works in burlesque. And here's another... very
1: open and direct about it oh absolutely
0: oh yeah he asked you know oh so do you work in a shop what for 12 bucks a week -uh. (laughs) uh-uh she's i do i I do burlesque and oh well that's hard work isn't it and then there's a snap cut where he's trying to kiss her
1: (laughs) i or something yeah And suddenly, very aggressive for a guy who, up until now, has said, "Oh, I'm sorry if I'm getting too fresh," and you know he's been very polite and kind of romantic. And then all of a sudden, and that partly it is to do with that awkward cut. Yes, he's like pounced, yeah. and she's like pushing him off, and it's like, what movie did I just move into? Yes, exactly. But it's it's partly the missing scene and partly. Maybe because she's a burlesque dancer in this era, and uh, maybe it means something? I don't know.
0: I don't know. No, I think definitely we are we are missing uh, at least a good minute where a lot more yes. goes on. So yes, we see Dudley trying to kiss Nancy, but she kind of playfully uh, pushes him off. She gets up and makes them some drinks while Dudley... Uh, looks as perplexed as we are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like. She says, do you like gin? And he says, I guess. Do you like cheese? Yeah,
0: yes. <laughs> Dudley asks if Nancy likes cheese. Turns out he has his uh, own cheese that he invented, and he has a bunch of it in his case. <laughs> he takes a bite, uh, but apparently it is rather pungent cheese, which Nancy remarks of the odor.
1: I think that's an excuse, and I think it's a a well-placed one as well.
0: Yes, because he, again, kind of – because she makes a comment about, oh, now if you had invented something that smells like this, and she kind of rubs her – bosom to put it nicely
1: she, yeah, she dabs some on her kerchief and then dabs it on her bosom and then well her her collarbone I would say
0: yeah there you go and
1: he very promptly gets very close I mean this is to me I feel like it's fairly racy mm-hmm. there's a lot of very aggressive flirtation on her part
0: yes he does so he does try to, to smell and of course moves in for yet another kiss
3: you've been eating that cheese
2: Well, of course. That's what it's for. That's about all we eat on the farm now. We? You got a wife that eats that cheese? No, a dog. Hey, Corky. Say, where is he? I gotta find him.
3: No, you haven't. I know, but he's lost. I know, he's your pal.
2: I'm sorry, I have to find Corky.
3: (laughs) You've been
1: eating that cheese. That's my new (laughs) (laughs) love. Hey there, handsome. You've been eating that cheese. (laughs)
0: Yeah, now that he finally remembered that he left a dog to roam in New York Sidley, New York City, Dudley sets out to find him.
1: I like her reaction to, "Oh yeah, your friend. <sighs> yeah, you yep, yeah, your friend disappeared." Again, I think I think
0: there's a couple seconds. I think there must be a couple lines missing. It just something doesn't I- I think she's right.
1: uh, she thinks she's got him on the hook, and then when he suddenly remembers he's got a dog,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, she reads that as, oh, I'm not giving him what he wants, so of course he's going to make an excuse and run off.
0: Maybe. I don't know. I, I think there's definitely a cut, and I get the impression there's a line or two missing. <laughs> Corky, meanwhile, has tracked his new girlfriend to a veterinarian's office. Inside, the vet is examining the poodle, and uh, while I think a line or two may be missing here as well i definitely get the impression that the poodle might be expecting i, I i'm thinking yeah yeah we that's what we got cut out i think is uh the woman finding quirky uh and and the poodle in a uh compromised position
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would that might be possible but, but yes the veterinarian says oh well she has a temperature yeah ooh, yes she's been very excited <laughs>
0: Outside, Corky sneaks into the building. And that is rather cute, the way he kind of crawls towards yes. the door.
1: Uh,
0: Corky is spotted, and mayhem breaks out in the waiting room full of animals. Again, that, that's a very quick and kind of like, uh, all right, scene. I don't know why it's there, but <laughs> they needed to pad out the runtime or something. Yes. <laughs> Dudley, walking along, comes across a crowd. Someone in the crowd exclaims that a dog has been run over. Dudley makes his way to the front and is relieved that it wasn't Corky.
1: I love this little bit here where what the guy behind him says, "All oh, this excitement over a mutt," and he looks at him. He turns to look at the guy, and the guy's face is like, "Oh, I'm gonna get punched!" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dudley just leaves, you yes. know. But that, there's that just that little interchange, and he—you can tell obviously Dudley's not happy with that comment.
2: Uh huh.
0: Well, Dudley uh, continues to walk, and he, he walks past the burlesque theater. Curious, he gets in line to buy a ticket. Quirky spots him and tries to follow, but is chased off by the doorman. We see the tail end of a dance number, and then some of a song starring none other than Nancy. The
2: king was doing it, the, the queen was doing it, too. They found the cord in the floor. And the court was doing it, too. The king was shaking his hot dog. The queen was shaking hers too.
3: The lord's and lady got flustered. And, and they started, started shaking
2: their too.
1: He was shaking his hot <laughs>
0: <laughs> Outside, Corky is waiting for Dudley to come out. A woman walks up and spots the dog. Thinking he belongs to a man who happens to be nearby, she asks if she could buy him. She's been so lonely since her husband died. Well, this guy is more than happy to sell the dog.
2: You, you wouldn't like to sell him, would you? Sure. How about three bucks? Oh, my. That's quite a lot. Uh, has he a pedigree? Did your husband have a pedigree? Why, sir. Pedigree? He's got five, six. Why, his grandmother was the wife of a champ Spitz. His mother was the wife of a champ, Airedale. My lady $3 ain't nothing. Uh, very well, then.
1: Three bucks, yeah.
2: <laughs> that apparently... Has
1: he got pedigrees? He's got six of them.
0: In <laughs> case you're curious, $3 in today's money would be about 56 bucks. So, <laughs> Corky takes off uh, after the man pockets the $3, and then uh, the man runs after him. We get another act from a male singer, a pretty good one too if uh in my opinion. I think he he's really think good.
2: So. From my heart comes the song Seems to feel the world around me from the stars on and
0: I thought he was really good. Almost operatic. Mm -hmm. Corky manages to sneak in through a stage door. On stage, Nancy begins a song while holding a cat. Corky sees this cat from the wings. Nancy sees Corky and bolts from the (laughs) stage as Corky takes after the cat. Dudley recognizes Corky on the stage. More mayhem, this time backstage, as everyone tries to catch the dog, and he manages to evade everyone and head out the door he came in. Yeah, this was just a, okay, we need an excuse to get a bunch of women and... <laughs> this, yes, was. And scantily, I, and scantily dressed women to like jump around and run uh, around. Yeah.
1: I love the bit, though, where they literally throw a dummy at him. <laughs> yes. I, at first I thought, is this just a horrible special effect and it's supposed to be a person? And then I realized, no, they literally are throwing a dummy at him.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy's backstage and another girl remarks about the crowd's reaction to the event, suggesting we suggesting they should do that every night. Nancy takes this to mean that this woman was behind the stunt. The two women start arguing and fighting. Again, uh, someone... Totally
1: gratuitous. Very much. Completely gratuitous (laughs) opportunity to have two women in lingerie fight on screen. (laughs)
0: Yes. The stage manager breaks it up and fires Nancy. Dudley comes back looking for Corky. And again, I think another line or two is missing here. Maybe yes. someone trying to explain, maybe trying to get Nancy not to have her not fired or something. Not sure. The manager waves them both off and he and they put the man who was singing earlier on for an encore.
1: For the with the exact same song. Yeah, They're I thought that was string. odd. Yeah, I, I, yeah.
0: I at first I thought did was this another weird edit, but no, no, it's a completely different scene because he's out in front of it the curtain is. instead of on the set, right?
1: And it makes and this is the one scene where I really thought this has got
2: to be padding.
0: Oh yeah, definitely some padding here. Backstage in Nancy's dressing room.
2: Honestly, it wasn't my fault. I'm sorry you lost your job. Isn't there anything I can do? Sure, you can turn out to be my long lost uncle from Alaska with a million dollars. I wish I could. I'll forget about it.
0: There's also what I would consider in that scene a, a gratuitous r- gratuitous uh Nancy bending over
1: <laughs> Yes. Very uh in your face. Yes. Maybe it's the right yeah. phrase for it. There there is a lot of um Near?
0: You, uh, yeah
1: even today I don't think you could get away with some of the things they do in <laughs>
0: Nearly a full moon in this... and mm-hmm. yes, The two return to Nancy's apartment. Dudley notices a letter for Nancy on the floor. The letter turns out to be from her mother. Mom's coming to New York to visit. Nancy seems pretty distraught at this idea. She
2: looks like a real nice mother. That's a trouble. She's one of those mothers. Blue eyes. Never did a rotten thing in her life. Bakes muffins... Believes in God. Is that so awful?
3: Oh, I guess I could stand all that. The awful part is she believes in me.
2: What does she believe?
3: The worst. And I'm married to a decent guy with a steady job and then we got a baby.
2: She doesn't know you're working a show, huh?
3: If she had any idea a daughter of hers worked in a burlesque show, she'd die.
0: Dudley wishes there was something he could do to help. Nancy comes up with the idea that he can he can pretend to be her husband. What about the baby? asked Dudley. No problem. Nancy will just rent her friends for a couple of days. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so how <laughs> I never understand this. In movies of this era, oh, I told my mother I married. Oh, oh, well, I can pretend to be your husband. Okay, what's your name? Did you not tell your mother what your husband's name is? Yeah. What, What are you... What are you thinking? <laughs> like I guess it, I guess. Or your 1930s, babies. It didn't matter who you married in the nineteen thirties. If you were married it was good enough. That's right. <laughs> His name's Adolf? Okay. <laughs> like what in the world, people? Holy cow.
0: Yeah, yeah, that a very good point. <laughs> Dudley and Nancy, with their new baby, meet mother oh at goodness. the station. Dudley tries to introduce Junior to Mother. He hands her a baby, but a woman snatches it back. Wrong baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love this. And it's it's a little subtle, but you see the baby carriage just kind of roll up behind
0: it. Yeah, and it even kind of bumps his leg, which kind of gives yeah. him the, the thought to even look behind and thinking, ooh, there's the baby. <laughs>
1: yeah, and you don't even realize, no, the baby's behind Nancy.
0: <laughs> Until the baby's behind Nancy. Right. And then Nancy just says, you know, he, she makes an excuse that, oh, you know, he's just nervous because you're here, Mother.
1: i so excited.
0: <laughs> the three return to the apartment, or I guess four. Yeah, I forgot babies in tow.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Those are people, too. <laughs> Unless,
0: yeah, Thank God they didn't leave it at the station.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: While Nancy helps Mother off of their coat, Dudley notices a framed photo of Nancy in full dance hall mode, and he quickly stashes the picture. Nancy goes to make dinner so husband and mother can, uh, you know, get to know one another. Mother thanks Dudley for all the money that he has sent her. She knows it was sent from Nancy, but obviously it came from him.
1: This is so sweet. I love this little... She's just... She's so nice. She really is everything that Nancy thinks she is. Now sit down and tell me where you
2: met Nancy and, and what your business is and everything. But before you begin... I'm not coming here to live with you. I had my own mother-in-law underfoot for fifteen years. Now tell me.
0: Well Dudley wisely asks if he can tell her all this all this information later, making the excuse that he usually helps with dinner. Now, again, if you're coming up with this plot of you can pretend let's pretend we're married and that this is our baby, maybe you guys wanted to have a little backstory. Yeah.
1: I don't know. He's obviously such a good actor. She just knew he'd take perfect care of her. I love too. She says, "I'll go make dinner, and and you stay here with mother." She's not worried at all that he's gonna, you know, mess up or say the wrong thing or be or murder her, her mother. <laughs> like, he just she just leaves this total stranger whose name she didn't know. In With her elderly mother and the neighbor's baby. You
0: know? right.
1: <laughs> this is how horror movies start now. Like, <laughs> but, you know, in 1930, uh, 1934 is fine.
0: Exactly. Well, the two of them, they both go to help Nancy with dinner uh, when the baby starts crying. Dudley tries to quiet him without any luck. He calls Nancy, but she has the same luck. Grandma offers to help and notice he needs changing. She offers to do it and asks for a fresh diaper and some powder. Nancy and Dudley both rush off, and Dudley returns with baking powder. <laughs> Nancy comes back with some sort of makeup powder. I actually mm-hmm. couldn't make it out. What, uh, uh, yes. Mother it's reads the label, powder. and I, I, don't, I couldn't make <laughs> out what she said. Mother sends the two completely lost parents off to get dinner cooked while she takes care of the baby. You're doing
2: fine.
3: I'm all right as long as that kid keeps his yap shut. How'd I know he wasn't housebroken?
2: Then look, leave the baby to her, leave her to me, and we'll be all right. Look, Dudley,
3: forget about what I said this morning. I'm sorry. You're okay. After
0: dinner, Dudley starts to clear dishes when the door buzzes. Dudley answers and finds Mrs. Smith, the baby's mother. She's having second thoughts and wants the baby back. Nancy goes out to talk to her.
3: Listen, honey. Lay off, will you? Leave us alone just till tomorrow. Well, I'm scared. What are you doing with him? Oh, we're taking great care of him. My mother's in there bossing the job. And we get a little
0: more uh, clues that, you know, Nancy is truly a good person. Apparently she helped pay for a lot of the medical bills for Mrs. Smith while she was pregnant
1: hmm She's been sending money to her mother. She gave Mrs. Smith some money and all this while being a burlesque dancer. So you can be a burlesque dancer in 1934 and still be a good person.
0: Absolutely. And have a really nice, <laughs> a pretty good size apartment for New York, too.
1: And still not think of telling your mother what your husband's <laughs> money is when you lie about it. Yeah. Oh, Nancy.
0: Well, anyway, now everything that's sorted out for Mrs. Smith for now... Nancy figures they need to get Mother in bed in case Mrs. Smith comes back. Mother figures the young couple may want to go out, you know, catch a movie or something. She'll watch the baby. Dudley almost puts his foot in his mouth when he says, well, they wouldn't be able to trust her. Nancy saves it by finishing the sentence with, well, not being able to trust her to stay awake. You know, she has had a long day with lots of surprises. She should get some sleep. Mother admits that she is tired. And she says she'll sleep right here on the
2: couch. I'll sleep out here. Oh, no. Uh, no. Uh, you sleep in the bedroom with Nancy. Oh, no, no, no. Now, I've inconvenienced you children up. I'll sleep right here. No, but I have to sleep here. You see, it's the baby. He snores all night. You wouldn't get a wink of sleep. I'm not going to separate husband and wife. You two children are going right to your bed. Now, don't be stubborn. Mother you hear what he called me mother no wonder you couldn't resist him all right son good night good night i'll be in later mother
0: the scene fades on the evening and on this synopsis can the two continue to fool mother is there more than pretend romance between dudley and nancy Will Corky be reunited with Dudley after surviving the acts of animal cruelty that I'm sparing you descriptions of, but still (laughs) warning you about? (laughs) Find out in the last 18 minutes of Flirtation. (laughs) I totally
1: have something very similar written down in my notes. (laughs) Although at the end of my notes, I wrote (laughs) dun-dun-dun.
0: Well, just because of shit. We have been at this for a while, so <laughs>
1: <laughs> I only went on another three minutes. I thought maybe we'd go to the fifteen minute from the end mark, but you know. I just you know, just to be safe. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was really I didn't really know where to break this one. And I just figured, well, the next scene is really I don't want to describe that <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i take it all as you know it ended okay that's the true next scene. that's true so you know as long as it ends okay then you know i can i can survive
0: understood yeah yeah though, man well i decided that <laughs> this really is the beginning of the third act i guess and i figured this is as good a place as any to stop mm-hmm.
1: it, that's definitely an accurate assessment
0: This is an odd movie. It's almost two different movies. It's like The Adventures of Corky.
1: (laughs) And The Adventures of Dudley, or The Misadventures of Dudley. (laughs) Yes. The Entrapment of Dudley. (laughs) It's such
0: a bizarre... Just Berinsky and what was his name? Wells, who sat down to write this thing. Uh... it was just an odd choice to take it this way. It's very odd because the film starts out and you're just like, it's a good five, six minutes of just the two of them just doing farm stuff and playing around and just lying in the grass. And like, what the hell am I watching?
1: And there's no, yeah, there's no dialogue. None. Well, no, I suppose there's a point where Dudley scolds it, scolds Corky for chasing the cat. Bad dog. Don't chase the cat. Right. Anymore. With a and camera from
0: Corky's point of view
1: yeah and then when he, and then when Dudley's leaving, he's like, "No, you have to stay here. Go chase a cat. And I thought, well, that's just mixed messages. <laughs> <laughs> Don't chase the cat. Go chase a cat. what what No wonder Corky's so confused, poor guy. yeah <laughs> uh yeah, it, it's funny because it started off, and I, I did the same thing. It starts off with this random guy and a dog, and I thought, Am I watching the right movie? This is called Flirtation, right? Right. <laughs> and I thought, nah. So, <laughs> so the yeah. But it's funny because it, it is funny because when you're watching those first five minutes, though, you're kind of like, oh, this is so cute. Like the dog is really, really cute, and it's they did a great job directing him, and he like even watching it from a pet owner perspective, being like. Oh look, yeah, he's carrying the thing. Oh, he had to set it down to scratch, and then oh, nope, but he picked it up again. Wow, what a well-trained dog! Right. You know, <laughs> even from that perspective, it's still entertaining to watch it. And and so, and then they go to the city, and then it just completely diverts. And there are, there's no link. Well, I mean, I guess they kind of constantly miss each other. They miss each right, other in the right, cars. Right. They miss each other in the burlesque show. There are a couple of other things that go on and but it is funny cuz there's that ki- there's this kind of parallel between both of their stories the whole time so you know you've got dudley checking out a girl and you got corky checking out a poodle and then dudley goes off in a car and Corky goes off after a car, and <laughs> and the the poodle's in trouble, and then Nancy gets in trouble. Different kind of trouble, but, I guess, know. and,
0: you know, without giving too much away, <laughs> we do see Corky kind of pretending to be the father a little bit of a, you know, with a dog and her puppies, yeah. and...
1: Yeah, and so it is interesting. There's a lot, it's almost like they were like, hey, what if... What if you had a guy and he lives this day, but then he gets turned into a dog and has to live the same day over? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, nobody would believe that. We'll just have it be the guy and the dog at the right. same time. This
0: is
2: this is this
0: is the film that the writers of the Shaggy D A saw but, <laughs> as a kid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's just a uh, it, it's it's bizarre, but it's also kind of cute and kind of
0: sweet, right? But then there are little moments where you wonder what kind of person Dudley is. Through most of the film, he's he's written as this really nice, just country boy. But when he goes to leave, he he's all dressed up and he meets you know his uh his maid. I think Abigail is what he calls her, uh-huh. Patty McDaniel. And yes. you know, going into the town, huh? It's like, yep, I'll be back. Uh, when you when are you going to be back? Oh, Sunday night. And she gives him that uh huh look and he's like well monday morning delay so like so what's he going into town for exactly
1: and he hangs around ogling girls openly that's one thing and then also he's obviously very comfortable in a burlesque show i mean he's sitting there just enjoying it as much as all the guys around him he's not like oh this is so shocking or oh i've never seen girls so scantily clad in public and they are scantily clad
0: you mentioned (laughs) you mentioned that you know there are moments in here that, like, this is how horror movies start. You could start a <laughs> horror movie with this guy. This guy could just go into town every, you know, once a month. And I'm you know, thinking, no, Nancy runs. He's Jack the
1: Ripper. Yeah. <laughs> and they never catch him because right. he doesn't live in the city.
0: <laughs> this freaking farm has got bodies buried all over.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he lures them back. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, it, 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 that's what he makes the cheese out of. No. <laughs> <laughs> the cheese is people. <laughs> Oh my goodness! (laughs) But he really, (laughs) he's really too good to be true. He at no point does Nancy worry about leaving him with a baby. You know, she she forgets to take her burlesque picture down off the piano, and he does it without drawing attention to it or her having to ask him or anything and he doesn't try and you know say oh yeah nancy and i'll sleep in the bedroom M- you know mother you can sleep out here like at no point does he and he even kind of seems to get a little grumpy about it at one point so it, it's he really is too good to be true and she comments on it mm-hmm. at one point she says you know there are no other men like you in the city you know and he's like well yeah it's because i'm coming from, from the i'm from the country." And it's like, well, if if all men from the country were like this, we'd all be marrying farm boys. Because <laughs> <laughs> he really is too good to be true.
0: Absolutely. And I have to admit, though, even though they've only known each other for a day or two, Nancy and Dudley do have incredible chemistry together. They do. They really – this is actually surprisingly a very well-directed film. I guess I shouldn't say mm-hmm. surprisingly. uh,
1: well, maybe compared to the last couple we've yeah, seen, okay, it's surprisingly so yes. good.
0: <laughs> no, this is actually a very well-directed film, both for uh, the animal acting, like you were mentioning, mm-hmm. and with the uh, the interactions between the people. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they do a really nice job just all across the board.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, There's no really wooden... Bits. There's nobody that just stands out as being really awful in the role.
0: Jeanette Loff is extremely natural. Uh, she just, she is a real person. Mm-hmm. She does, she, like you were saying, there's never a, a moment when you're thinking, oh, she's acting.
1: Right. Yeah, I agree with that.
0: Uh, really, really fantastic. It, it's surprising. I mean, she, for someone at this time of the film and for, being as talented as she is oh, she can sing she can dance she's beautiful and her film credits are actually fairly light i mean she doesn't have a lot of film credits
1: she did die relatively early
0: true but um, even but i mean she left pretty much left acting mm-hmm. uh because and you know she was rather progressive in that she was really tired of the this type of role you're know, like oh Oh, I'm the woman again. You know, I'm the mm-hmm. I'm the damsel in distress again. I mean, I'm the mm-hmm. one that can't do anything until she meets the man again. Mm-hmm. Uh kind of progressive for her. And so that's she just really got annoyed with acting and left. And it's like, God, I I want Jeanette Loft now. <laughs> you know? She would do really well in like modern cinema.
1: Yes. Yeah, she would have done. I I agree.
0: Now uh Ben Alexander is that right? Is that did I get his name right? Yes. Yeah. Also, does a great job. Um, I can see why his career kept going. I mean, he did a lot of different roles, and then eventually, you know, his own or not his own. Tell well, yeah, I guess Dragnet. While not his own, I mean, he co-starred. He was, mm-hmm. and then uh. Well,
1: and he's uh, he, he's innocent without being like dopey.
0: Yeah, they is don't hard play him. To do right, they don't play him as the dumb country boy.
1: Yes, he's genuine and he's intelligent, but he's also just pretty nice. Right. I, wouldn't say, I almost said really nice, and then I remembered the ogling and thought, well. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> pretty, don't know. Nice.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you would call him an innocent. Um, the way he acts, I mean, he certainly picks up on the cues that Nancy is throwing out. Yes, uh, and like and, and the oh, I'll sniff your yeah your collarbone and go in for the kid. They're like, yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah this is this is not his first rodeo, <laughs>
1: right? Yes, exactly. <laughs>
0: this is where I go back to Hattie McDaniel. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Sun, Sunday night, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, you really almost got the impression early on that like he's not. You know, he knows where he's going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, he may not know where the boarding house is, but maybe he knows where the brothel is.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's been to the burlesque before.
0: <laughs> oh, that's, that's a tough job, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. That's really hard work.
0: I am very sad that the few minutes that are missing are missing. I would really like to see them, but with all the... We both dug around, and it, it, they mm-hmm. apparently are just not there, and it's unfortunate because I think it kind of it hurts the film. I mean,
1: I agree. Yeah. People
0: watching this bit. film would be like, "Wait, what? What the heck just happened?" Yeah, mm-hmm. I, and not really give it the the credit it deserves, uh, and, and not acknowledge that you know, things happen in 70, 80 years.
1: Yeah. Well, there's, uh, on the two versions I watched, both had some very obvious damage to the film itself later on. Mm. Uh, White furry caterpillars Mm. at the top of the screen, which obviously are just damage. Uh, If you watched a version that didn't have that, you know, let me know. I'd love to see it.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if I noticed that or not. I did notice in the beginning there's a very odd distortion through most of the uh, the farm scenes.
1: It's kind of fuzzy.
0: Fuzzy around the edge. It's like you're looking through the bottom of a, of a drinking glass or something. Yes. Yeah,
1: Yeah, and I don't know if that's just the the farm haze or if it really is distortion.
0: Right. F- but, fortunately, uh, it does not last through the entire film. It's really yes. just this first few minutes, and then it, <laughs> yeah. like, clears itself up. Yeah. And that was I, also something, too, where I decided to, like, go and click... On a couple other versions, and as far as I can tell, that they're all the same way. They're all awesome. coming off the same print.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I I think so too. So it's so yeah. Dudley's interesting. Nancy is. I They're funny. They're I, I. There are pieces near the end of the movie that I would like to talk about because they almost don't.
0: Okay. No, we can talk about Uh, it. It's fine.
1: Well, but, but (laughs) in, in, I don't, not because I have notes on them, but because as we're talking about who these characters are, Mm -hmm. they are fairly consistent, but then as you get closer to the end, Nancy's character starts to wobble quite a bit. And I can't tell if it's the, you know, the the wounded female wobble or the character flaw wobble.
2: Hmm.
0: <laughs> well, now you're so, going to have to because I want to know exactly what I don't. I'd like to know all right, what you're so, describing. so if you haven't
1: watched the movie, now is probably the good time to go ahead and pause this. Go ahead and watch it so we don't spoil the ending for you.
0: Fifty-four minutes. It's not, a you know.
1: <laughs> it's not real long. Uh, so so as she says, you know, oh, I, I've... I'm really sad. I was dreaming that we really were married. And and then, you know, she's like, Oh, I'm just a horrible person. And then she starts drinking and she goes from like zero to sixty in one point seven seconds, mm. totally drunk and like sarcastic. And it and I, you know, for the sake of timing, I think they accelerated the, the plot line, but at the same time, the character just went from being like genuine and really loving her mom to being kind of snarky.
0: Right. Yeah, because they were building her. She apparently came from the country herself. Or Mm -hmm. if not country, country, definitely small town. Mm -hmm. And she moved away to the big city. Mom came back, you know, was still in small country. And so she was this small town girl who went to the big city. And so there's still a lot of that small town girl in her. And we see that a lot. And only occasionally do we kind of see the more uh, direct uh, you know, New York burlesque dancer girl or whatever. And they spend a lot of time bringing out this small town girl thing. And then that scene you're talking about right there is just suddenly. And now suddenly she's just the girl that goes out drinking and gets drunk and has, you know, relations.
1: <laughs> yes. So it was kind of like I... It, it just, it, it was just a, an off offbeat step to me mm-hmm. in the storyline. You know, I don't, I, it's almost like I don't have any complaints with it except for, of course, you know, where Corky ends up.
0: Right. Well, you could, <laughs> in her case, you could write it up and it's maybe a matter of. Yeah, maybe just a slight flaw in the writing where you you know, if you needed something to pad out the film, maybe a little bit more plot with her where she finally where you explore a little bit more about her really regretting this lie that she is now trying to put off yes. on her mother. And that yeah. was what drives her to to like I'm I'm a terrible person. Yeah, you're right. She yeah. just turns on the a logic dime. Makes-
1: yeah, and, the logic makes sense, yes. but the time like the pacing of it seems Yes,
0: odd. Yes. Yeah, you definitely could have spent a few more minutes writing a couple bits here and there where she you get the you just give her give give her a look on the face or something or you know, mm-hmm. look like she's troubled yes. or pensive or something. Yeah. yeah.
1: Instead of going from hey, I'll i'm gonna go grab a drink of gin and then it's like ah i hate life you know (laughs) and it's like wait what just what just happened (laughs) is this what (laughs) was that like a mood swing or what's going on there so yeah they're uh they're just a couple for the most part it's it's entirely entertaining to watch there's Ve- well uh, for the most part it's not entirely entertaining to watch there are a couple of moments where i thought i'm going to be so angry yes. if this is how this movie ends and it do- it didn't make me angry at the end i i definitely had moments where i was not super happy with the direction it was going but yeah um, i
0: really thought i was gonna be really really mad at this film i did too that scene happened i'm like what the (laughs) f
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) so up until then i was like okay you know i mean it it goes it turns into frankenstein all of a sudden (laughs) it's like wait what where did the pitchforks come from <laughs> holy cow uh, yeah it's it's weird it it's well directed and there isn't it's 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 so funny. I almost feel like I'm trying to find something wrong with it at this point. <laughs> and it's not that it's a perfect movie. Initially, when I realized this came out the same year as the first Thin Man movie, mm-hmm. I was surprised. I thought, oh, The Thin Man is so much better. But then as I was thinking about it, I mean, the dialogue in The Thin Man is so much better. But that has to do with the the. The dialogue writers, you know. Beyond that, the direction and the the cinematography, the casting. There, there's nothing wrong with this movie. Well, and it just doesn't have the quippy lines that some movies that I totally love.
0: If if it suffers from anything, it is maybe just, and it's not a horrible script, but
1: it's light it's It's it's,
0: light on story it's light on story exactly it could use a little better writing behind it
1: Mm -hmm. but there are characters you enjoy and really care about i certainly was uh you know as it develops with the mother part of the story I liked her. Oh, mom was adorable. I would love to see more of her. You know, I, I think they, they, without saying too much, I think they closed the storyline with her perfectly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, know, not everything has to be tied up into a little neat bow. And so for, for a movie that actually does wrap itself up, thank you, by the way, for wrapping yourself up movie and not just (laughs) leaving some weird questions out there. I think it, it, did a really good job. It just, it, it's it's funny that the part of it is, and I was thinking about this much earlier today. It it isn't too short and it isn't too long mm-hmm. for what it is. It's the right length of movie at fifty four minutes, fifty nine minutes. If you can find the missing yeah, little clips, I was going to say
0: no. It really needs <laughs> to be fifty nine minutes. It
1: does, it does need to be fifty nine minutes. But aside from you know lost footage. There's not – there aren't any gaping holes in it that I can think of. There are some little hanging questions, but it doesn't try to make every character in the movie a main character.
0: Right, right. So you
1: have some little side characters that are just incidental, and that's okay. That's actually necessary in a well-fleshed-out movie in in a world that doesn't feel skeletal-like. Oh, there are only two people in this script, mm-hmm. you know. So they it, they're really it's it's funny. I feel like I need to find something really really wrong with this movie, and ultimately, I I can't. Well, I can't find anything really really remarkable aside from the fact that I can't really find anything really <laughs> really wrong with it.
0: <laughs> Understood. No, I I think there are moments where the cut from, you know, the people to Corky and there's so much going on with the dog and there's so much going on with the people. And it's like, I'm not entirely sure this belongs together. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, there, there are times where it's just, it feels a little jarring that we're, we're having moments with mom and you know, the junior and Nancy and Dudley and, Ah uh-huh, ha! Oh, Mrs. Smith is oh no! I, I hope there's not any trouble and and let's go see what Corky's up to. Like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. that's
1: that's fair.
0: The dog it adventure stuff, like yeah. The dog inter- adventure stuff feels like it's a dis after school special or a Disney it's a Disney Lassie film. Sprinkled
1: yeah. into a rom com yeah. is what it is. Not literally Lassie, obviously, but yeah, no, you're, the,
0: like, you're you're flipping the channel right. between. Uh, a regular, yes. a regular comedy, and uh, Rin Tin Tin, and you're yeah, just oh, there's I a commercial this. break. Let's let's change the channel Binging. and see what's on. Yeah.
1: Yes, that is that. That's actually a really good analogy, mm-hmm. and it, it is like you keep going back to that other movie because the dog's real cute, and, right? Like they did a great job with him, but he doesn't really have any impact on the movie at all. No. So yeah, that's it. thanks for finding a fly.
0: There you yeah. go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like flipping channels and then the uh, the commercials don't quite line up. So you're missing something every time you flip back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well there you go. That's all uh, I can find. Yeah. This is this is that movie that you taped in nineteen eighty four. Oh, that that your sister partly taped over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly.
0: You sat on the remote again.
1: Again, <laughs> I was watching that. <laughs> oh, my goodness! <laughs> oh, well, I'm getting silly, so I maybe we should go ahead and read it. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, this was actually a, gonna be a kind of a man. I'm not, I'm, mm, I think I'm gonna just kind of split it down the line and give it a three. <laughs> for for all the reasons we've already talked about, yes, you know, it's just, there's nothing remarkable, but there's a lot to like.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah, just just I just got to just split it right down the middle.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. I think this is a movie you could put on just on you know when you just kind of want to relax and you want something that's kind of cute and kind of fun and kind of romantic and a little bit slinky and there's not anything else that really fits that bill <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with a baby in it.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> and an adorable mother. If that's
1: if that's what you're looking for, this is the movie for you. <laughs> right.
0: And a and a really adorable mom. Every everyone wishes really their mom is like mom. this. You know, come yeah, on.
1: Exactly. This uh, really I think 3 is great cuz it's not, you know, it's not the thin man. It's not the lady eve, but it's also not What's the one we watched last, <laughs> last month? <laughs> it's not a one star. It's not a one othel movie. It really is. Genuinely, it's a three. And there are characters in here, you, you care about them. You start to really want to know what's going to happen to them. So it's worth it for that.
0: Yeah, I've already forgot what we watched. I was looking. Uh, <laughs> oh, the, the Phantom.
1: Oh, Nineteen thirty-one, the Phantom. The Phantom.
0: <laughs> you see that? Yeah, that's how one star that bad boy is. I don't even, you can't remember, even remember it. The name
1: of it? Oh. <laughs> but it is actually, yeah. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad. You know, I have to admit when I started watching this one, and it seemed so. Oh, what? Uh, I was a little worried that this was going to be kind of two stinkers in a row. So I'm glad this mm-hmm. one was at least enjoyable for both of us. Yes. <laughs> not the greatest yeah, film, no... but enjoyable.
1: <laughs> yeah. No horrible casting, no horrible directing. So we're good. That deserves three Othels at least. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: You know, in fact, just the opposite. I mean, fantastic directing and fantastic casting. Mm-hmm. And just like Very we were right. saying, not that strong of a script. All right, well, I guess that is going to do it for Flirtation from 1934. Uh, and that's going to do it for us for this month. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in and listening. Again, reminder, if you've got any ideas for the five-minute mystery for Lydia and I to perform and fully... Come on, send them our way. <laughs> you
1: can include a dog in the script if you feel like
0: you must. <laughs> yeah, we can come up with. I've, I've got a dog.
1: He he. You do have a dog. Yeah. Oh my goodness. He
0: he, <laughs> he he barks and sings sometimes. Come, I know,
1: we can work it. <laughs> but can he sneak into the vet's office? That's what I want to know. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, that one might be have a little bit of trouble with. Yeah.
1: He'd <laughs> probably like to sneak out of it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that that's probably true. <laughs> so yeah, fire fire those off too. And if you have any questions about it, send the scripts or questions to orphanedentertainment at gmail dot com. Looking forward to hearing from somebody. And again, you know, thanks Andy for sending that letter and I'm so glad you found our podcast. I'm so glad you enjoyed Santa Fe Trail. Uh we enjoyed it too. We thought there was there was flaws, but we still enjoyed the film. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: Uh, mo- mostly in the fact that it's called Santa Fe Trail, as I re- as I recall. <laughs> <laughs> so again, that will do it all. So thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.